you've got three types of calories. You've got protein, carbohydrates, and fat, right? And so um, protein is the only macronutrient that builds lean muscle. And you may say, well, I don't, you know, a lot of guys want to build muscle, a lot of ladies maybe not. Um, but building lean muscle is important because it actually, every pound of muscle you build burns an extra 10 to 40 calories a day. So my average male client, for example, builds about 10 to 20 pounds of muscle in their first year with me. Average female clients, five to eight pounds. This may sound like a lot, it's not. Spread out, it's not gonna make you big and bulky, makes you you know, look great, nice, lean and toned. But you think about it, you add 10 pounds of muscle, you're burning an extra 200 to 400 calories every day, you've turned yourself into a fat burning machine. Welcome to the Modern Longevitarian Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Stanfield. I have the privilege and honor to interview some of the most successful people in the fields of human performance and longevity. You can listen to The Modern Longevitarian on your favorite platforms. If you have Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe. Also, please stay tuned for an important message from our sponsor, Electrolife. Today's show had such an important impact on me that it influenced a tweak in my movement focus. Yes, I wanted to get a bit leaner while maintaining functionality and durability when I combine this with what my guest Russ Yeager taught me about how building muscle burns more calories, I decided to get a little bit more athletic. I have fallen in love with skipping rope with a one pound weighted jump rope. I switched to building functional muscle while burning as many calories as possible. Building and maintaining lean muscle is a pillar of longevity and for feeling good and moving good today. I encourage you to listen learn and explore the links in the show notes. Now, my interview with Russ Yeager. Our guest on today's show won an international physique transformation contest at the age of 27. In 12 weeks, his body fat percentage dropped from over 25% to less than five. His life was changed forever. Quitting his corporate job as a CPA, he has helped over 20,000 people transform their bodies, businesses, and minds. The man who in his 40s keeps visible abs while running multiple businesses and raising a young family. Rush Yeager, welcome to Modern Longevitarian. Thank you so much, Scott. Great to be here with you, brother. Oh, man, this is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited and looking forward to this podcast. Russ, living the life of a modern longevitarian is about extending our prime years out for decades. And from what I can see you're living and breathing proof that this is possible. So tell us, what's the secret? Yeah, man, I appreciate the question. And it, it is funny, you talk about being, you know, living out my prime years. You know, I'm 45 years old now. You know, sometimes I think I'm, I'm still 25 in my mind. And it's kind of like the old, uh, you know, saying, you know, you, I feel like I'm 45. Uh, or excuse me, I feel like I'm 25. And then I hang around 25 year olds and oh, no, I really feel like I'm 45. Uh, but, you know, I won that contest at 27. And, you know, totally transformed my body, like you said, went from over 25% body fat down to under 5%. And, and back then in my 20s, you know, it was all it was about the challenge and about getting fit. But you know, I was wanting to have the ripped, you know, abs and, you know, veins and all that kind of stuff and getting the attention and being strong and all that. And I still care about looking good. You know, you mentioned I keep abs you know, pretty much 365 days a year, or I do. And, um, you know, not that I stay at 5% body fat, definitely don't do that at, at this point. But it's more the, the abs is more just a kind of a symbol of for me of staying uh, in shape It's not necessarily 
the the goal, so to speak. And I know a lot of people don't care about that. But, you know, now that I am 45 and I have, the, you know, two personal training studios here in Atlanta, Georgia, and most of my clients uh, are 50 and over. So we attract, you know, clientele who are typically beginners to exercise, you know, novice. Uh, they've been successful in life, but, you know, they, you know, haven't taken care of their health like they should have. And they don't want to go to a big gym. You know, they want to work with somebody who knows what they're doing, make sure that they're safe, effective, and that they're, all, they're also super busy. And so I've also always kind of looked at my clients as, you know, somebody that's older that we're helping. And the crazy thing is now I'm getting closer to that age group. And I, I really do, you know, now it becomes more and more important to me. First of all, I work with two of our trainers in my studios now. And so I, it becomes more and more important to me. Again, I want to look good, but I want to have energy. Uh, I want to feel good. I want to, and I want to be around a long time. I was telling you before we, you know, went live, I have a four-year-old son, two-year-old uh, twin boy and girl, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> there's a lot of life in them. And I want to be here to not only see them grow up, but, uh, you know, be able to interact with them, play with them, be a great example, you know, for them and, and beyond. And be, my wife and I love to travel. And so I want to, um, you know, be able to, just like I told my clients, like be able to do the things, I have the energy and confidence and ability to do the things I love for a long time. That's so important. You, you know, my son was born, my oldest, when I was 30. My, my daughter was, a, I was around my mid-30s, 35, 36. And so you got a later start on this than, than I did. And it's such a, an important piece of it. And, and living for them and being an example for them is a huge motivator for me as well. You know, I've gone through two transformations. The first one didn't stick. And it started really because both of my parents got cancer in their 50s. And at age 35, I did my first 40-pound weight loss with doing P90X. And I don't know if you remember Tony Horton and P90X. And Absolutely. Muscle confusion. Yeah, muscle confusion, right? The whole, the whole thing. And so I basically beat it out of, you know, exercise. That's a nine-hour um, a week exercise program in six days with the abs and everything. And then I slowly gained the weight back. And then at age 40, I lost the weight again. But most of that was with, with diet. I exercised a fair amount, but it was more of how can I condense this really? And I was doing some, you know, 20 minute, you know, body weight exercises, uh, you know, just basic stuff, pushups, pull-ups, you know, leg raises, air squats, you know, those type of things, really trying to work on progressions, getting stronger and, and, but diet is really where the secret was for me and specifically intermittent fasting, which you and I've talked about a couple of times, the importance of, or that we both do do that now, which is completely opposite of how we were taught to eat growing up. An important message from our sponsor, Electrolife. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my favorite supplements on the entire planet, magnesium with immune boost made by electrolife.com. Why magnesium? When it comes to nutrient deficiencies, magnesium ranks at the top of the list. It's right there with iron, iodine, and vitamin D. Just like sodium and potassium, magnesium is an important electrolyte. Electrolytes are needed to balance the water in our bodies, balance our body's pH level, and move nutrients into our cells while moving waste out. If you're keto like me, you truly know the importance of electrolytes and hydration. Believe it or not, magnesium is needed for more than 300 biochemical reactions in the human body. Some people say up to 600. 
Let me tell you why I trust this specific product made by Electrolife for me and my family. This supplement contains a high-grade magnesium plus potassium and over 60 other minerals that are key to our health. It's produced from the Great Salt Lake. And no, you can't just go over and dip your water bottle in and start drinking lake water. It takes three years from the point of capture to the point that this becomes a consumable supplement. Nowhere else on earth will you find a richer source of minerals and nutrients, and that's the truth. The other reason I love this magnesium is that it's easy to use. Just add it to whatever you're drinking. All you need is two droppers full each day. If you want to get started with one of the best magnesium supplements on the entire planet with an added immune system booster, click on the link in the show notes or go to electrolife.com forward slash shop. That's Electrolife with a Y is spelled E-L-E-C-T-R-O-L-Y-F-E.com. And now back to the show. I think that the big thing is, is that, you know, as we look at trying to extend our prime years is like, how do we, you know, how do we wrap our minds around the fact that we need to be here longer and how do we build our, our, our day-to-day lives around looking at this macro, extending those things out. We're probably going to be working longer than previous generations, you know, retirements. If you're going to live to be a hundred or 95, you know, retiring at 62, if you're in really good shape, I don't know if that's really the model that we have now. So a lot of these things are going to be changing. And I know you spend a lot of time with mindset. So what do you think the role of mindset is in, in overall wellness, health, or even longevity? Uh, I think it's huge, first of all. And I don't think I answered your first question. I, I started uh, going, so you're going to have to keep me on track. You asked me the secret. So in short, the technical secret to, to staying in shape is uh, having an effective exercise, nutrition, uh, exercise, nutrition plan, and then having uh, the right mindset uh, and probably some accountability, most likely, at least in the beginning, some accountability. So exercise, nutrition, uh, you know, mindset, accountability, I put together. And you can, you know, we can get deeper into, you know, each one of those uh, if you'd like. But again, it's it's kind of simple once you learn it. You know, a lot of people make it more complicated than it is. I'm a big believer in using resistance training, you know, weight training, because it increases your metabolism, you know, makes you stronger, burns fat. 24 seven, you know, gives you the, the bone strength and joint strength and all that kind of stuff. But, but really, you know, if you're doing any kind of exercise program, safe, you know, effective exercise program, there's a lot of different ones consistently. And then you find a nutrition plan that works for you, which I think is important. And, you, you know, we both do intermittent fasting. I know we're going to talk about that. It's not for everybody. Uh, you've got to find something that works for you and then you do it consistently. Like it's not that much, there's not much more to it than, well, then why are most people, you know, not in shape. And, and we have, you know, such a high, a rising obesity rate, you know, it's adherence. And, you know, well, why are people not adhering to it? You know, I believe it comes down to uh, number one, having a strong enough reason why are you going to do something? You know, we don't just, you know, working out, you know, eating things, controlling your calories, you know, exercising, that's harder than, you know, being sedentary, sitting on the couch and eating whatever you want. Right. And so you've got to have enough uh, reason why, to, to do those things in order to make the change. And, and most people don't really think about that, but having enough reason why is not enough. You know, you've got to uh, condition your mind to, you know, associate more pleasure, you know, with being in shape uh, and more pain than being out of shape uh, than, than vice versa. You know, most people have, 
you know, pain of being, they associate pain of being out of shape. Everybody wants to be in shape, but you know, they actually, if, if they're not doing what they need to do, then the reality is they're associating, you know, more pain with doing the work and more pleasure, you know, with eating the, the Cheetos or the chocolate or whatever. So identifying that number one, you know, identifying your why and then figuring out a system uh, that's going to work for you. But then again, especially in the beginning is having that accountability. You know, you can know what to do. You can have a strong reason why, but if nobody's checking on you, um, you know, then, then uh, it, you know, your likelihood of failure is pretty high, you know, whereas if somebody is checking you on you and they actually did a study um, that showed just a simple phone call, there was two walking groups and a simple once a week phone call to ask one group, hey, are you doing it? Increased the percentage of adherence by 2,200%. So huge believer in accountability. And then the, with the mindset, I mean, I think mindset's everything. You know, a lot of people ask me, you know, how do you, you know, I'll explain something in terms of nutrition or working out, or I'll go on a, you know, motivational, inspirational rant, or, you know, talking about, you know, marketing, the things I'm passionate about, you know, fitness, health, you know, business marketing, and I can just go and they're like, well, how do you, how do you do that? And I'm like, it's not the, yes, it's practice, it's training, it's learning techniques, but it's having a belief. Like my belief, I have an internal strong belief that being healthy, fit, strong, and putting that as one of your top priorities of the day is one of the most important things you can do, not only for your health, but for your business so that you have the confidence, the energy to go in, to show up to work a different person. You know, you, you negotiate differently when you're, when you feel good and energetic and confident about yourself, you interact with your, you know, your team members, your vendors, uh, your employees differently. And, and they see that, you know, they, that I call it that um, magnetic uh, attractiveness that, that, you know, rubs off on other people. Uh, you show up as a different person at home, right. For your spouse, for your kids. And so I, I have that strong internal belief that, you know, I got, you know, pretty much, when I saw the benefits from that dramatic change from that contest at 27 to know that every single part of my life is better. And I believe that deep in my core when I'm healthy and fit. And so that belief drives the behavior every day to do the exercise, you know, to eat the way I'm supposed to. Most of the time, I definitely don't eat, eat perfect. Uh, we could talk about how, how I incorporate that, but to do the things I need to do to have the healthy fit body. So it's not a, it's not a chore of, oh man, I got to work out. I got to do this rep. I got to eat this way. That's just a, a byproduct of, of my belief, knowing that, uh, that my life is better, you know, being healthy and fit. Preach it, brother. Preach it. Yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell. I, I, I love what you just said there. Now, one of the things I want to tease out of this, there's a couple of things I want to tease out of that. One is, is that, you know, for me, I know nutrition is the most important, but exercise has to come first. Meaning that my mentality is wrapped around, if I can spend the time to exercise, I don't want to ruin that with a bad meal or a bad day's worth of meals. Is that what you've seen too in some of your accountability with uh, your clients or even with yourself? Yeah, you know, I see, um, I mean, first of all, you know, most nutritionists, you know, fitness people say that it's 80% nutrition in terms of getting your results. I actually disagree with that. I think it's 50-50. I just think the nutrition part's the hardest part. Yes, going to the gym and working out is hard. Uh, but, you know, you could do that if you're consistent three days a week. 
like you can get great results, you know, if you're consistent and, and you work, you know, properly. Uh, but the nutrition, you know, the other 23 hours of the day or whatever, you know, you, you got to control what you're not only what you're not putting in your in your mouth, but what you are putting in. And, it, and it's friggin hard. So I think it goes together. And you're a great example. You know, you said it, you did the ex- the intense exercise portion first and you made your transformation. And, and then you did the, you know, the nutrition component and, and incorporated the workout in together. And, it, and again, it takes both of those uh, as well as the mindset you know, to get the results together. But I do think they, they go together. I mean, yeah, you go and you, you know, you have a great workout, you know, you're, you're probably less likely to come home and, and, uh, you know, eat a, a big chocolate cake or, um, you know, or whatever. So they, they definitely go hand in hand. Right. You know, and it's, there's a couple of things with that is one is when you have a family, you know, you know, everybody, not everybody, but I mean, you got young kids. I mean, they're eating different things, right? It's not like you're going to say, hey, um, we're going keto today or we're all going to intermittent fast or any of those things. So I, you, as, a, as a dad and a husband, you have to negotiate around what the family's having to eat and kind of make adjustments from there. I know a lot of times when I was going to, when I was starting keto, you know, they would have tacos and then I would convert mine into a taco salad. Yep. Right. You know, I would find a way to, to, to make that make that work. And I do very well intermittent fasting and keto. And my wife doesn't do so well. She's more of a vegetarian Mediterranean diet, eats, eats some fish. So pescatarian, you know, level where when I was a fat vegetarian and my macros were just off, I didn't do well eating a lot of pizza and pasta, even though I was controlling my calories, high carbs didn't do well for me. So I think the important piece of this is like you said, is finding what works for you and there's no one size fits all. And even maybe the person that you're the closest to their same, their nutrition plan is not the same as yours. It's not one for husband and wife or even the kids maybe have something different. Right. Yeah. You, you got to find something that works for you and you keyed on something so important that I talk about a lot with my clients is, is a lot of people confused, man, I eat healthy. You know, why am I, why am I not in shape? And I say eating healthy makes you look good on the inside. Eating the right amount of macronutrients makes you look good on the outside. Mm-hmm. And they're both equally important, right? Because if you, you, you said it, you can be a fat vegetarian, right? Because you're eating too many calories, uh, even though you're eating healthy foods. But on the flip side, if somebody knows, and I've been guilty of this because when you're, you're in that, fit, you know, I got into natural bodybuilding and you learn how to manipulate your macros and your calories and you dial it in. If you understand all that stuff, you can eat all junk food and look super fit, you know, which is, which is not good because you may look great, but your body's falling apart on the inside. And so what I do for myself and works really well for me is, you know, 80% of the time, eat those healthy foods, 70, 80% of the time, because I believe it's unrealistic to never have, you know, enjoyable foods. I eat pizza. Um, you know, ice cream uh, on a regular basis, you know, at least once a week. And, you know, every once in a while I have a couple of glasses of wine and I fit it in. You know, I, 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 I know two guys who eat only healthy food all the time. Like they never quote unquote cheat. One of them's lying and one of them's the healthiest guy I know. And he's probably going to live, you know, 10 years, 20 years long, longer than all of us. But for most of us, I believe, you know, completely denying yourself of any of the fun, Foods is a you can do it for a period of time, but it's it's unrealistic 
for, for a long term. Um, so 70, 80% of the time, eat the healthy foods. So we need the healthy food. Um, you know, 100% of the time, you know, 20 to 30%, eat the things you enjoy and do it guilt-free. But 100% of the time, or as close to 100 as you can, get your macronutrients and your calories right. And, and I'll kind of go into that to try to simplify it. Uh, and that way you can, you can look great. You can control your weight, have a you know, nice physique. Uh, you're going to be healthy and you actually get to enjoy some food. You don't feel deprived or left out and you can do it for the rest of your life. And, and with macronutrients, you know, I know you've got a, a unique definition I'm excited to talk about, but in the traditional terms, you've got three types of calories. You've got protein, carbohydrates, and fat, right? And so, um, Protein is the only macronutrient that builds lean muscle. And you may say, well, I don't, you know, a lot of guys want to build muscle, a lot of ladies, maybe not. Uh, but building lean muscle is important because it actually, every pound of muscle you build burns an extra 10 to 40 calories a day. So my average male client, for example, builds about 10 to 20 pounds of muscle in their first year with me, average female clients, five to eight pounds. This may sound like a lot. It's not spread out. It's not going to make you big and bulky, makes you you know, look great nicely and in tone, but you think about it, you had 10 pounds of muscle, you're burning an extra 200 to 400 calories every day, you've turned yourself into a fat burning machine. Uh, carbs and fat, you know, there's a lot of different trains of thoughts. I know you like to do keto, a lot of people do that. Uh, I've tried it for me, it, it personally doesn't work. Um, you know, different people are, are more efficient at, at being fat burners and carb burners. Carbs work for me. Uh, I like carbs. And so I eat, uh, you know, I don't really count my carbs and fat. Um, I try to keep it simple. I figure out a calorie. So here, here's, I know I'm, I'm giving a lot of info, but here's how I keep it simple. Is figure, if you're trying to lose weight or lose body fat, come up with your maintenance level of calories, which there you can, you know, I can give you a simple formula is to take your weight times 15. That's not a perfect formula. Somebody that has a really fast metabolism, their number may need to be higher than that. Somebody that has a slow metabolism may be lower, but that's a starting point. Uh, you can also get your body fat tested, and your, or excuse me, your base metabolic rate, as well as your body fat uh, tested uh, with different methods. The under methods, the underwater hydrostatic weighing is uh, is the most uh, accurate. You know, there's the bod pod. There's you know different 3D scanners. We have one in, in one of my studios. But anyway, you can just use that 15 times your body weight. And then if you, if you know if that's, here's how you know if that's the right number is, is track your calories, eat that way for, you know, a couple of weeks. If you're, and I don't even want to say if the scale's going down, because if you're exercising and adding muscle, the scale may not change. If your clothes are fitting looser and you're feeling good, you're in good shape. Keep going. If you're, um, if nothing's changing, that means your calories are too high. So you need to bump them down another one or 200 and keep doing that until you see progress going. If your clothes are fitting way better, you know, uh, the weight's dropping, but you're exhausted, that means you've got too big of a deficit, which is a problem too. So you probably need to bring those calories up. So get your calorie level right, get enough protein, you know, which there's, there's debate on what is enough. Uh, you know, what I found works well for men is you want to get about 0.8 uh, grams per pound of body weight. And for females, about, point, uh, about half a gram per pound of body weight. And so if you follow that, uh, get your calories right, get your protein right, you know, let the carbs and fat fall where they fall. Or if, if you're doing keto like yourself, I know the, the ratios need to be a little more specific. Um, and if you can do that and eat mostly healthy foods, some things you enjoy, you're going to be in good shape. And then with the intermittent fasting, and, and you may have a different view. Um, I know there's some health benefits to it. I do it most, I came from the old school, you know, bodybuilding, eat every two hours, right? And that works great. But 
I mean, that's no way to live. <laughs> you got a, a normal life and, and it's, you know, you eat this tiny meal and you're not really satisfied. So for me, you know, to go through the morning, have, you know, water, sparkling water, black coffee. Um, I don't have to think about food. I'm working, I'm going, I'm moving, I get my workout in and to get, get to eat two big satisfying meals a day. Um, it's, I'm a, you know, I love eating big meals that works really, uh, really, really well for me. Uh, but I've found, you know, whether you're doing intermittent fasting, you know, whether you're eating six meals a day, whether you're eating three meals a day, um, you've got to get your calories right. You know, a lot of people think intermittent fasting is a, is a um, green light. As long as you're eating in your window, you can eat as many calories as you want. You're not going to gain fat. Not true. Um, you know, calories do matter. Right. You know, intermittent fasting, there's a, there's a couple things with that. You're doing, uh, I believe, a 16-8, right? It's where you're with two meals. For the most part, yeah. But I'm not, I, you know, I'm not crazy about it. You know, if I go a little bit over the eight or a little bit under, you know, I don't worry about it. But, but for yeah, the most you know, part, I'm, yeah. I'm not super strict about it anymore. I was when I first started. And I was doing a 24 where I would, you know, under eat for 20. And this is before Bulletproof Coffee really was big or anything like that. This is is four years before I was keto. So I was a carb burner. I would, um, you know, I look back at it now. It's like, I don't even know how I lost the weight. I would have a banana, you know, like midday snack. I figured it was under eating. I would have a banana. Was that 100 calories, 25 grams of carbs, you know, in midday. and, and, And then I would... I would get back home and I would start with, you know, something raw like cabbage or, or a salad. And, and, and the, the protocol I was following was the warrior diet, which basically is you start with your salads, you start with your raw foods and you go to cook meats and vegetables and only carbs at the end. If you needed them, you could occasionally eat pizza. You could, you know, you know, could eat anything you want, eat sushi, eat, you know, rice and have, it just didn't matter. You could eat whatever you wanted, but there's only so much you can eat in one meal, right? So it was, it was a calorie restriction in itself because you're having one meal and it's only yeah. so much you can, you can stuff in. And, you know, I still, when I'm want to slim down a little bit more, I just go back to that because that worked for me. The keto came in not so much to lose weight because I wasn't overweight. It was four years later. It was more of, um, I live in the mountains, 7,000 feet. I was started doing the Wim Hof method and I was doing cold exposure and I started craving fat. And I knew no matter how clean my diet was, if my macros matched that of a standard American diet where I was eating high carbs and high fat, I was going to gain weight. And your indicator for how you are is visible abs. At the time, my first rule was don't get fat because I had had to lose it twice. And so I was smart enough to know and done enough diet research to know that I was craving fat and I needed to eliminate the carbs so I could eat what I was craving. And that's where keto came in. And then it just, there's a dynamic duo when you put those two together for me anyway, because if I choose to skip breakfast in the morning, which I never wanted to eat breakfast as a kid anyway. So it gave me permission to stick with my natural rhythm. And, and so now I I skip breakfast and there's nothing on the table. There's no need for me to eat any food. And in a normal maintenance program, I will eat that 16, eight, you know, style that, that most people do. And once you understand the science behind that, it has to do with insulin response. You can have your ice cream and pizza. And then if you go, 
And what that does is it actually does high glycemic foods, have a banana, have whatever, piece of fruit, pasta, uh, or just salad dressings that have sugar in them. It's going to spike your insulin. And then it takes about 13 hours for that insulin spike to go down. And what happens is, is uh, that signal when insulin is spiked, it tells your body to store fat. And then you get past a 13 hour point. Like for you, you go to, you know, 15, 16 hours. You're not super strict about it. For me going 20, the signal changes and switch over is okay to burn fat. And that's what the, that really happens with intermittent fasting is that it allows your digestive system to relax a little bit. You get more energy because you're not expending energy by digesting food for you as a, and a lot of bodybuilders every two hours, right? Yep. And, then, and then it actually allows a signaling to change inside your body to burn fat. And that's what allows us to have, and what I love what you wrote, what you said, and I wrote it down, is guilt-free, right? A lot of people like me, I'm super conscious of that. And, and I'm very binary. I'm very black and white. I'm keto. I'm an internet faster. Hardly anything's going to change my plan where my kids will ask me, it's your birthday. You know, you're not going to cheat. I'm like, no, it's not a cheat. This is my lifestyle. This is how I live my life. I, I, I think clearer this way. I feel better this way. And this is, this is, this is what I figured out what works for me. And I just, run that plan probably 350 out of 365 days out of the year. You know? And you're not feeling deprived. You're, you're associating the, the benefits, you know, of, of thinking clear, feeling better, you know, looking how you want to look more than you you know, than, Oh, I can have that piece of cake, but maybe it tastes good. But that, that, that short term pleasure doesn't outweigh, you know, the, the pain of not feeling my best and, and thinking my best. Yeah. Absolutely. And what I've had to tell people over the years is that if you have a cheat day, you know, what's your recovery plan? You know, how do you get back to that? A lot of people are like, well, I've screwed up today. I'm just going to screw up. The, I'm just going to throw away the rest of the week. I've seen people say those type of things. I, and you said guilt-free. So is there, do you have like a recovery plan type? Like, Hey, I'm going to have pizza and ice cream tonight. What am I going to do the next day to follow this up to help get back to where I'm supposed to be? Have your cheat meal on Sunday. <laughs> no, seriously, that's, I mean, that's how I would do it because again, I was brought up in that old school, you know, you eat perfectly, quote unquote, perfectly all, all week long. And then you have a huge cheat day on Sunday because Monday you always get to start, right? So right. if you have it on Saturday, it's going to fall into to, to Sunday. If you have it on Friday, it's going to fall into Saturday and Sunday. So that's what I would do. And, and again, you get in, it, it goes back to mindset and I would, and then I would feel like shit all day Monday you know, it totally, I mean, like everything's whacked up and, and, you know, you're gorging yourself. And so, and sometimes I still overeat, you know, I, I like to be transparent. I grew up, we didn't get into this. I grew up chubby kid and uh, you know, I, I love to eat. I have a huge appetite. I can get triggered, but I've learned how to control it. But when I, you know, a couple of things I changed is I realized instead of eating a massive amount, you know, of food and, and having this, this cheap gorge day, I can have an ice cream bar or two every night you know, and fit it into my, my calories and macro. Oh, okay. That's actually more enjoyable. You, you, that, it affects you. I mean, there is no doubt, man. When I overeat, you know, especially on unhealthy foods, like the next day, I feel markedly different. And, and people, you know, my, a lot of my clients who have been eating, you know, not, not very good and not exercising when they start eating just a little healthier, they're like, man, I didn't realize how bad I felt, <laughs> you know, cause you get used to it. But dude, like it's, it's so much mindset, like with the intermittent fasting, 
you know, I, again, coming from that old school, like just like I train, I work out now. My intense, you know, strength training sessions are fasted. Whereas if you had told me that 15 years ago, or even 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, but that's impossible. No, you've got to have, you know, all these meals in and you work out on an empty stomach. That's impossible. But again, it was my mindset. And, and you know, that, that had to change. And if your belief, uh, again, there's the science behind, you know, intermittent fasting and, you know, versus eating every, you know, two to three hours or whatever, but there, there it's, it's your mindset and your beliefs is going to be a huge part of driving, you know, your results. It is, you know, when I started intermittent fasting eight years ago, 2012, I mean, I believe the warrior diet book had been out for a number of years at that point. And people ask me, what'd you do to lose weight? And I was like, well, I, I fast during the day. And they're like, I could never do that. You know, and now it's like, I so many that. people are doing it. It sounded impossible. Yeah. It sounded impossible. I mean, you got, my day was structured like this. I would, and I, at the time I was a director of food and beverage at a hospital in Salt Lake. And so I had a, a 45 minute commute on a bus I was taking. So I would get up in the morning. I would do 20 minutes of body weight exercises and somewhere around four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. I was doing that. I would get ready for work. I would then walk a mile and a half to get to the bus I then would ride on the bus for 45 minutes, walk another mile once I got to work. I, for the last portion that I was there, I converted to a stand-up desk. And by the way, a stand-up desk equaled seven pounds of weight loss for me, going from wow. a, a sit-down desk. What time period? Um, I, I, was, uh, I would sit down only to eat lunch, really. I mean, and, the seven oh, pounds over, over what, like a month or – how many probably days? over about a month's time. Yep. Probably over a month's time. So I hope the audience is, is understanding that in terms of energy expenditure, the difference, the, the simple difference between sitting down and standing up, the calorie, calorie expenditure is tremendous. And then walking. That's why, again, you know, I always say walking is not a fitness program in and of itself, but in terms of calorie expenditure, if you can just move and, you know, get you, I have the download a little app, the 10,000, you know, step thing, you get your 10,000 steps in, in addition to doing a fitness program, um, that, that's going to burn a tremendous amount of calories. So I love that. It's a game changer. You know, even in the app that I use to track my macros, it's called the Fat Secret. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's – I haven't, no. It, it's, uh, it, it'll give you net carbs, so it's really kind of geared towards keto. You can put in there that your exercise. And standing, if I remember correctly, three hours of standing is about 325 calories. Yeah. So you think with a stand-up desk, let's say that you have a, like for me at the time, a 10-hour workday, and I was normally sitting down at my desk, you say five hours. Let's say I'm standing for those five or six hours that I was sitting down, I'm burning an extra 600, maybe 700 calories than I would be if I was sitting down. Yeah. And I'm, I feel better because I'm not, my muscles aren't tightening up after all of those things. Yeah. Anyway, I would intermittent fast. I would have that banana, a couple cups of coffee. If I got really hungry, I would have some soup or maybe a piece of chicken or something like that. Yeah. I would then reverse all that and have to walk a mile back to the bus stop, ride 45 minutes on the, um, on the bus, and then walk another 1.5 miles to get back home. But I always tried to get my wife to come, <laughs> come pick me up. And then so it forced me to like, if I can only eat at home to really click over to that 20 hours and you think about how much I did over those 20 hours, the movement that I did and, and only 20 minutes of exercise, but the movement, 
part really helped burn those calories of, you know, and helped me get to the point to where I was at age 40, probably the best shape I'd been in since college. And in, in, in college, I was a PE and athletic training major. So I was, you know, in my early 20s or, you know, late teens, early 20s, and I was moving a lot, you know, walking across campus and, you know, in exercise, you know, taking, you know, learning about educational games and exercise and those type of stuff. And so it was, a, it was a ton of movement back then as well. But the restaurant business and the food business will kind of kind of pack on some pounds if you're not not careful, you know, with that. Yeah, I, I, I can believe that. Especially when you get higher up in management because you can have access to any food item you want for free. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I, I actually, um, so I was an accountant before I, you know, switched my career into to being a fitness professional. So I was CPA, worked for a big firm. And then I, for a short period of time, I, I did external audit. And then I worked internal audit for a restaurant company. And so I was in the corporate office, but once a year, uh, we would have to work in the restaurants, which was, you know, follow the manager around. And those guys, I mean, I have massive respect for you. I mean, they never stop, you know, never, never stop. We stopped to eat. He didn't really stop. I stopped to eat, but yeah, they was like, yeah, you just get whatever you want, you know, yeah. all, all the time for free. I was like, oh man, that would be uh, be dangerous. Uh. <laughs> it, it, it was uh, when I've got, when I got out of college and got in the restaurant business, I gained about 30 pounds the first summer. And that's really kind of where it started for me. I was, so this has been a long time. I've been focused on health, but then the restaurant business just kind of the adding the stress and stress pattern, eating, having access to anything that I wanted on the menu um, at no charge, any time of day. And so it was really, really, that was really the big piece of the struggle. And that's why intermittent fasting for me came in because I could really put some guardrails up and saying, when do I eat? Maybe not so much what do I eat, but when do I eat? And then I didn't really understand the insulin piece of that until later on, probably in the last year. I saw a video on YouTube explaining that. And so yeah. It, it's um. I mean, we've talked. We spent a lot of time talking about mindset, diet, and exercise. I want to move on to a couple different pieces of this. And you know, what you alluded to earlier is, I believe there are six macronutrients, and what you what fat, protein, and carbs are really like this mid-level nutrient because, um, I I believe in mindset being number one, oxygen, water, sleep, food, and fasting, and the movement and exercise. We've covered a lot of ground here, so. Let's back up to what we haven't really covered and let's talk about the importance of oxygen, clean air, and, you know, maybe breath, breathing exercises or what you use or what you recommend for your clients. Absolutely. And, and definitely, I just want to recognize you for a second because, you know, for me, it's easy to, I won't say easy. I got to put the work in. I got to do the exercise. I got to eat properly, but it's my industry. So I have people watching me. You're in a, a extremely difficult industry and you figured out a way to, to make it work. I mean, you've got the odds against you. So that's a, that's a testament for you and hopefully an inspiration for, you know, some, some of your listeners and other people that, you know, yeah, your circumstances can make it more challenging, but if, if, if your commitment's big enough, you can uh, make it happen. So just want to, just want to applaud you there, brother. Um, in terms of oxygen, I would, out of all the things you just listed, all those macronutrients, it's probably the, the least um, skilled I'm in. I know it's important to to breathe and get oxygen like that's our lifeline. And I have done some, you know, a little bit of studying on, on deep breathing, um, you know, where you take a deep, deep breath into your diaphragm, uh, right? And it basically fills up your lungs with oxygen and gives you more energy. And as I'm saying out loud, I used to practice this 
and it definitely makes a difference. Um, but I don't, uh, it's not something I do on a regular basis. You know, honestly, I probably should, but just in general, I mean, you think about it when you're doing, you know, when you, when you're relaxed, you're confident, you're feeling good, you know, you're breathing deep and, and controlled. And when you're, when your breaths are short and shallow, you know, that goes along with, with stress and, you know, anxiety. So, you know, the, if, if you're stressed and anxious, you're going to have short, shallow breaths. If you're feeling good, and, and you're relaxed, you're going to have deep breaths, but you can make the reverse happen, right? I mean, I, what I was taught by Tony Robbins early and, and, and have used for a long time, just my clients, like the fastest way to change your, your mood and, and how you're feeling is your physiology, right? To, to move your body. And so if you focus on taking, if you're feeling anxious, you focus on taking those deep breaths, you can actually begin to calm yourself and, you know, put yourself at ease. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's so true. You know, I've spent a lot of time researching different breathing methods, and you know, I think uh, for a lot of people, it's it's not really on the radar, you know, as it as it it's should not. be, because there's a couple things, right? I mean, you you hit the nail on the head when you talked about deep, slow breaths, and what happened was is as I was overweight and as I was you know, struggling with things and living at 7,000 feet, I'm leading, I'm, I mean, I would see like a workout on, online, like a, a HIT program, right? Or some sort of, you know, high interval, high intensity interval training. And I couldn't do it. I literally, I didn't have the cardio to do it. And I'm like, well, I, I don't have time to do extended cardio. It's not, I don't like doing extended cardio. How am I going to make this happen? Kettlebells come around and I'm like, I'm over there struggling. Burpees come yes. around, right? And, you know, and I, I, I just couldn't do these things. And I was like, so I started doing a lot of research into that. And then the, the Wim Hof method has his own breathing exercise piece. I started getting sleep apnea, started getting all these different things going on. And what I, I said, well, I've got to strengthen my lungs. That was the first thing. And so I worked on like free diving tables, you know, which are apnea tables. I was doing uh, different things like boss root and has this breather you put in where it restricts the air that you pull in, but it, there's no restriction on the out, on yeah. the out breath and started getting better and better and better. But the biggest thing that I ever did to help my breathing was actually tape my mouth shut when I sleep. And that came from Patrick McKeon. He trained under Dr. Buteko from Russia and the Buteko breathing method. And so I use a combination of different things. I'm kind of like Bruce Lee and he's using his philosophy, absorb everything, keep what is useful, discard what is not, and make it uniquely your own. So I do some Wim Hof breathing. I do um, some Buteko met, you know, method. I kind of made my own thing. And, but it's super important in, because now that I've, my, my lungs are stronger and my breathing's better, I can do those workouts now when I couldn't even do them you know, 10 years ago. It's been amazing for me, and a lot of people don't look into it, and that's why I put it so high on the list. And also, I also put these importance of, like, you know, if you go four or five minutes without oxygen, you start losing, you know, brain cells, right? Everything kind of, like, starts going down. With water, you know, three yeah. days without water, right? Things can turn ugly really quick. Sleep, sleep deprivation is crazy, Right. And, you know, yeah. how that quickly that can turn sideways. And then food, we, we can spend a lot of time fasting. I've done some extended fast. You know, David Blaine fasted for 40 days. Jesus Christ fasted for 40 days, right? So food's not as important as we, you know, have put it on the list in, in historically. And the movement and exercise is where, where that goes. So um, 
oxygen is a huge important thing. And, and it, it, there's even elements of it. There's this book that I love called uh, How to Perform Under Pressure. You know, be your best or perform your best when it matters most. And it has how breathe when you're stressed out, you can do simple breathing exercises, specifically a four by four box breath and how that will um, change your state, which is what Tony Robbins teaches, right? Yep, exactly. It's super important. So let's yeah. talk about water, the importance of water. Yeah. I love how you said that, man. Everybody talks about food, but like, like you said, you can go 30, 40 days without food, you know, three to, to seven days maybe with, uh, with, uh, water and, and oxygen. Yeah. Three to four, five minutes maybe. So, um, so yeah, man, water, I mean, it's important, right? Our bodies are, are about 70% water. And so, you know, you need, you know, there's, there's different, uh, different there. We know we need it. We know it's good for our, our energy, our skin, our hair, our digestion, basically every function. Uh, what I've always, you know, understood and, and taught and practiced is about half your body weight in ounces, right? So if you weigh 200 pounds, you're drinking hundred ounces a day. If you weigh hundred, you know, 50 pounds, you're drinking 75 ounces. Most, which to me, like I drink, again, I don't count it anymore. I just drink a lot and I know I drink at least that. Uh, only downside, you got to go to the bathroom a lot. But most, most people, and to me, it's like, that's not that much. You know, I had 220 pounds. That's a hundred, that's about a gallon of water a day. It sounds like, a, you know, to me, it's not that much because I've been doing it so long, but most of my clients, they come in, how much water do you drink a day? You know, I tell them that and they're blown away. Like they can't even fathom half their body weight in ounces. They're like, you know, they're drinking maybe half a bottle, half of a 16 ounce bottle or, you know, maybe one or two, and we have to work our way up to it. So water, unbelievably important. Right. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. We didn't cover this, but you're six foot six, right? So you're going to probably have to take a little bit more water than someone like me who's 5'10", right? So yep. there's a, because just the bone structure and things like that are going to, you know, change your weight. And how much you're sweating, how much your activity level is. Well, this is another thing that's really individual, right? Let's say, you know, like, you know, there's things that it takes water to digest, alcohol, caffeine, sugar, things like that. I live in a very, you know, dry, it snows here a lot, but, you know, during the summer, it's very dry in the mountains. You know, it can sometimes be 12% humidity. You're in Atlanta, Georgia. It, if it goes below 90, you know, the world's coming to an end or something, right? <laughs> very true. Right. So here, just by breathing, you're dehydrated. So if I have a couple cups of coffee in the morning, don't drink a lot of water during the day, maybe a couple glasses of wine at night, I'm at totally I'm negative. Yeah. I, I'm negative hydration for the day. And I saw a, a study just the other day that 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated. Yeah. And I'm Absolutely. sure you see that day in and day out. Yeah, 100%. And you, it's amazing, too. When I, I'm very rarely dehydrated, but if it happens, I'm like, man, I feel, I just don't feel good. And it's, when, again, it's one of those things. People don't know how bad they feel until they start drinking enough water. Well, the, the interesting thing is, is that most people, when they get a headache, the first thing they do is take some sort of pain medicine, Advil, Aleve, Aspirin, something like that. And they probably really need like 14 glasses of water, really, is what 100%. they need. Right. 100%. Makes you irritable, messes with your mood. There's so many things that happen, you know, with that. So and a lot of times people may think they're hangry, but they're really dehydrated. Yep. Absolutely. Right? It's so, so important. And so let's talk about sleep. Do you, um, is that something you focus on with your clients or, or definitely? Absolutely, man. I, I was, you know, bought up, you know, sleep eight hours a night. That's just what you do. And, you know, did that most of my life and then realized, and again, it's a sleep's one that fascinates me 
because I, I think it's important. You know, I've tried to, you know, I got sucked into the whole thing of, you know, sleep is for wimps and, you know, you got to sleep only three or four hours and hustle and grind. And, and I did a lot of research because I met some, some people and, you know, uh, right around the time I won that contest actually. And they were, they would sleep like three or four hours a night. And I was like, how are you? And they were really productive. I mean, I was like, how do you do that? And I did some research. There's a very small percentage of the population that can get by that functions normally on three to four hours of sleep, but it's a very small percentage. Most people need somewhere between seven and nine and that's debatable. Right. And, and, you know, it's in, it's individual, like, you know, like everything. And also again, it depends on the quality of your sleep and your sleep rhythms and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, and in general, you know, what I found somewhere between six to nine hours of sleep, you know, works well. And, and, you know, if you're rested or not, um, you know, you can sleep too much, right. There's studies that show, you know, you oversleep and it can, can in, increase, uh, obviously depression, uh, you know, dementia, different things. So I, I don't know that I can give the perfect amount of sleep. Again, what I've kind of found is six to, to nine hours. And also what I found is again, it goes back to mindset. Like I've had times where I've slept nine hours and I was groggy and tired because I didn't have anything to really be excited about the next day. And I've had times where I slept maybe six hours, maybe even five hours. And I wake up and I'm, I'm ready to freaking go. And I go all day long because I'm, because I've got a mission and, and I'm excited about it. So sleep is super important. Uh, but it, you know, it, it goes along with, with, with mindset as well, just like everything else. It does. I mean, you mentioned sleep patterns. That's really big understanding what type of sleep you are. You know, you know, I, I'm a night person. I very easily could, you know, go to bed at, you know, one or two o'clock every, every day or every morning and wake up about 10 o'clock and have, you know, a perfect day, you know, but a lot of times, you know, it's like, Hey, I've got to be to work or I've got, you know, this to do or that to do. And so I've got to get up at this time. And so you can't, a lot of times just force yourself to go to bed early, right? Yeah. Just to get up, just to get up early. So you end up being short and then you're tired. And again, something you know, that makes you irritable is a lack of sleep, you know, also triggers, you know, your, <clears throat> your, your hunger, right? Yeah. Your body can't control, you know, your, your level of hunger throughout the day and you end up eating more. And that's how I've gained weight sometimes is where I, I would close a restaurant and the next day I'd have to open or two days later have to open. And so my sleep patterns are always messed up. I never had the same the same time I went to bed and things like that. And that's something over the last four or five months I've really been focusing on. And it's made a huge difference in, in my mood and my performance day in and day out is really trying to find the time that I go to sleep and when I get my best sleep. Yeah. There's been a lot of studies showing if you're consistent, that's a, a big deal. You know, whether you go to bed earlier and, and get up earlier or later and get up later, but, and again, that's a, another thing that's tough about your industry. You're, you're working completely different shifts um, and, and alternating that, it, it, it makes it a challenge. Yeah. So before I ask my last question, Russ, where can people find you online? Yeah. So I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, you know, Russ Yeager, R-U-S-S-Y-E-A-G-E-R. Uh, they can go to my website, russyeager.com as well. Okay. My last question, what's the single biggest change people can make today to extend their prime years? Ooh, the single biggest, that's a tough one. I mean, every, it's, you know, it's everything we talked about and it's, you know, it, it all goes together. Um, 
Man, that, that's a tough question because you're making me pick one because, and, I, and I'll do, I'll answer the question, but I want to emphasize first that it all goes together. The exercise, the nutrition, the sleep, the, the recovery, the oxygen, the water, everything, the mindset. But if I've got to pick one, I, and it goes back to what we were talking about is having the, the, the mindset and the decision, the decision and then the commitment that it's worth figuring out how to do this stuff so that you can live a healthy life and get all of the benefits. It's making that decision and making a commitment that this is just something that's going to be a part of your life. And then you figure out all the details. That's amazing advice. And I, I can't agree with you more mindset. And I, I love what you said, the decision and the commitment, because we can make a decision to do something in the morning and it may not actually we, we may not actually get up on time. We may not actually stick to our diet or do the fast or do the workout or do those things. Yeah. And um, that's, that's great advice. Thank you, brother. This has been an amazing, amazing conversation. And I hope people really gather a lot out of this and really can start. If you haven't, you know, start with, you know, making changes that will help extend your prime years or longevity or even transform. I know that you have, some transformation programs online and I encourage people that if you need to start out for day one to reach out to you and get going with that. Russ, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. It's been amazing. Absolutely. I, I, I enjoyed it, Scott, and I uh, appreciate the time, brother. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Uh, you too. And take care of that family and uh, enjoy that pizza and ice cream. <laughs> I will and in moderation, brother. Take care. All right. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. The statements expressed in this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. This is the Modern Longevitarian Podcast, and I'm Scott Stanfield. I would like to personally say thank you for listening to the show, and please join the Modern Longevitarian Facebook group by clicking on the link in the show notes. You can also follow me on Instagram at straightcabbage. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. This show is sponsored by Magnesium with Immune Boost by Electrolife. Stay hydrated with the best electrolytes you can get at electrolife.com forward slash shop.